Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the Vive 2022 conference and also the HIMSS 2022 conference, back-to-back weekends of joy and happiness in health IT. <laughs> be sure to follow the show on, on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 16 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. Well, I lost my voice, so I guess two weeks was too much. Is that the right takeaway <laughs> that is that that is the key but we found your limit john two <laughs> weeks in a row of two conferences of meeting and greeting people and being away <laughs> <laughs> well I, I mean i jokingly said joy and happiness for health it i mean it was like it was fun to be back together although i'm not sure the back-to-back that was a uh, pretty uh, wearing uh, next year i'm told it's 18 days apart so we'll have a slight break. Uh, although I was, I, you're talking to one person, that could be even worse because that means that 18 days is going to be insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It was a lot of fun. And, and you know, we're recording this literally at, right after getting off the planes home, right? So yeah, uh, it's still it's fresh, fresh in our minds. But <laughs> it, was, it was great. I mean, both conferences were fantastic. And, and it was, for me, you know, really more just that opportunity to get back out there again and see people. So, um, but John, let me ask you, you know, what... What were the big themes that came out of the conferences for you? Yeah, so I have three, but I'll I'll throw one out and let you do some too. But the first one that I think beat every other topic and theme that I saw there had to be the workforce and the great resignation and how am I going to stop burnout and prevent them from leaving? And, you know, how do I address the fact that with people leaving, that's causing even more burnout because now you have one nurse instead of three to be able to do the job and, you know, one HIM person instead of three or, you know, whatever. So I think far and away, this conference for me is about the workforce. How do you keep them happy? How do you deal with the fact that they're leaving? What do you do to try to retain them, et cetera? So that's probably topic number one for me. Yeah, I, I unfortunately have to agree with you. It, it didn't matter whether we were, I was sitting in a cybersecurity session or talking to somebody who was doing dealing with call centers, right? The, the number one topic was I can't keep the people. And, they, you know, of course, they were talking about cybersecurity folks on one area and talking about call center uh, operators and managers in the other area. And they're like, yeah, we, we, we struggle. Right? We have so many new people. And what it's highlighted for, for both, and that, that to me was the, my first, well, sort of secondary theme to the, uh, to the people leaving and the resignation was, is expose the fact that they have not institutionalized a lot of processes. Mm. And so the, the theme that I got from both the cybersecurity and, you know, talking to all these other areas was, boy, it really showed that a lot of knowledge walked out the door. Right, mm. that, they, that it wasn't documented in some cases, or second, it wasn't it, there wasn't a system for it. Um, Interesting. And so uh, it was, it, that especially came true on the cybersecurity side, where people, I guess, had been patching systems because they just knew how. And all of a sudden, when that person retired or left, that system was no longer patched, and it became vulnerable. And and all of a sudden, someone discovered it and went, "What's this?" <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and because it's not documented on our risk assessment list and. Just it seems to expose a lot of holes there in our processes. 
Yeah. And I'm sure many are like, oh, well, we just lose a security person. We can deal with that, hire another one. But yeah, finding them is hard. And I think it's interesting that health IT people are kind of hit from two directions. One is losing your IT staff, <laughs> your right. security person, your infrastructure person that had the knowledge you needed. That that hits you one way. The other way it's hitting you is from the doctors and nurses and other staff that aren't there to be able to do what's needed. And so, you know, they're having to address things from multiple angles and the staff's hitting them from every direction. You know, I was talking to one person, they said, yeah, and you can't just throw more technology at it. Right. And and I, I heard that and I was like, well, that is the one other theme related to that, that a number of people talked about is that they said, you know, they were doing some sort of automation to faxes or automation to revenue cycle or whatever it might be, right? They were automating something. And they said, you know, the question in the past was always, oh, you automated it. Are you trying to fire me? Is my job at risk? But now the mentality changed so drastically. And I think it was Dr. Stephanie Lahr who, who t- taught me this in a, with healthcare, you know, at, at Vive, actually, I interviewed her. And she's like, yeah, actually, we didn't have that problem. I mean, they're a little insecure because they're generally insecure a little bit anyways. But she said, now they're like, no, I'm doing the job of three people. So give me as much automation as possible or I'm going to leave too. <laughs> No, and that's true. Actually, I, I did an interview with uh, the team at Coral Health and on, on very similar messaging. You know, before there was a little bit of trepidation about implementing AI to do anything, right? It was that fear of an AI taking over my job. And now people are like, please implement this to you know, take the <laughs> take what I was now two person's job off of me. Right? Yeah. And so now they're welcoming uh, automation because it, it is going to alleviate some burden. And, and it, it honestly, I think the, you know, to me, that was actually trend number three for me. Um, the trend I saw was around AI um, and yeah. at both conferences, it really emerged that AI is no longer a be all end all. Um, it was no longer like, oh, you should implement AI. It was like, no, no, you should, we're using AI here to do this and we're using AI here to do that. And we're applying it here to improve, you know, and, and to, to smooth out this operation and that operation. So to me, the, the theme that emerged from both conferences was that AI has arrived, it's finally real. It's not overhyped anymore, and it's being deployed in very specific places to mm-hmm. alleviate frustration and to you know make things a lot quicker, which I really loved seeing that. Yeah, that, that was my one of my other themes. So, so far, we're two for two AI everything, right? Uh, although it was interesting. There was some non-AI products there, too. Uh, you sure. know, there was uh, R0 had this interesting safety cleaning, you know, system to be able to kill COVID in various environments, including with people there. They're applying the old technology in a new way that allows the people to be there while it's disinfecting the room or the space or the hallway, or whatever it might be. There was another one that was pretty interesting. They had cat crap. I don't know if you saw the cat. Crap oh, yes, one. I did see that one. Yes. <laughs> it was helping to stop fogging up of the glasses, right? So if you got the mask on, which you're going to probably have it on for quite a while in healthcare, I think, you know, you put the cat crap on your glasses, it cleans them nicely, but then it also stops them from fogging up. And they actually had this really interesting lanyard one too, that was, you know, extra pressure, 10 pound weight, you know, doesn't rip, doesn't break, extends further, right? You know, it's stronger. It actually flips out, and, you know, security wise the badge doesn't fall off, you know, which when you think about it, you're like, oh, so it was a badge vendor at HIMSS. That doesn't sound that great. But then you start thinking about it. You're like, well, that badge, 
actually costs, you know, a lot of money to replace because it's full of RFID and all sorts of technology. Plus it's a security risk because many times it's a two-factor authentication. Now that badge is your, your authentication into it. If it's gone, that becomes a security problem. So anyway, I mean, a small physical thing didn't have any AI, but super interesting that it was there. And that actually goes into my third one, which was security. Uh, you know, the just all everyone's worried, right? Like, I mean, if you're a CIO or CISO, of course you're worried about security and what's going to happen. And, you know, I thought Drex at the Dell Technologies uh, meetup that we did, he, uh, you know, he, he's from CrowdStrike now, but he, he commented really interestingly and he said, you need to have an, a partnership with an incident response team that knows how to do it. He's like, you hope you don't have to, but it's more a question of when, not if, and you need to have that in your back pocket. So you're ready to go and you're ready to act as, you know, as quickly as possible. So you can actually minimize, minimize the downtime, minimize the PR nightmare that could happen. So I thought that was good advice from Drex. I think the third theme for me to emerge was the diversification of people at the both conferences. Oh, <laughs> and what I mean by that is, um, the number of, uh, I guess, wow vendors, cow vendors uh, has steadily continued to increase. Um, there were makers of, you know, uh, scales, right, that were there and, yep. and uh, consumer level devices. I mean, Best Buy was, was mm -hmm. at Hims, and, and that was kind of surprising to see, right? And that was alongside, of course, the, the consumer electronics folks, like the, the Fitbits and the Samsungs of the world, right? But they were much more noticeable. Whereas before, I think, um, you know, certainly with, with health IT conferences, it was the Epics, the Cerners, and, you know, very, <laughs> I'll call it hardcore health IT, right? <laughs> but now we're starting to see a lot of other technologies that are at these conferences. And I think it's great. I really think this diversity really helps because then it's not the same thing, right? This will, this will help bring people back to go, oh, like, yeah, okay, I've already got my, my EHR. Why do I have to go back to these shows? The answer is, well, it's because you got all this other stuff now. Right, all yeah. these RPM tools and all these uh, at-home uh, sensor companies that were there. And even one that had a wearable that was literally woven into the clothing. And there was a vendor there showing that stuff off. So I, I thought that was pretty, uh, another theme that emerged for me was just the diversity of vendors. Yeah, there was a Korea booth with a, uh, a, a smart belt. I think it was called Welt, if I remember right, W-E-E-L-L-T. And so it was pretty interesting, but they actually had one even focused on sleep, but from a CBT, using CBT to improve sleep, which was super fascinating. But you're right, you know, someone asked me, they said, did, did HIMSS used to be more medical device oriented and things like that? And I was like, well... For a period of time, the EHR and $36 billion of stimulus money overwhelmed the conference, and that became the point of discussion. And to your point, I think it's starting to shift back to more of what are the other things. Yeah, we have an EHR, and of course, you're going to tie into it and integrate. And there was lots of integration vendors, Health Gorilla, Redox, you know, lots of LK sure. had an impressive showing. They're doing some great things there, some great parties and great community that they bring together, I'd say is what I'd say about LK as well. But, you know, so I think that they're going to be there, right? Those, the plumbing, if you will, of healthcare, you know, there's a lot of plumbing vendors now that are doing the interoperability that are providing the services either to the startups or to the provider organizations. So that was interesting to watch. What about any big announcements, Colin? What, what, were there big announcements coming to that conference that you heard or were there some that piqued your interest? 
Uh, there were two that sort of piqued my interest. Uh, number one was the announcement of Meditech and Google getting together, right? And how Meditech was going to use the Google Cloud, our health cloud um, search capabilities on their cloud-based EHR expanse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting, right? Because we haven't we haven't heard a lot from Google. They've been, you know, we we've heard, of course, from Cerner and Oracle. We've heard about some other uh, talks from, uh, you know, Amazon and so forth. But Google was one of the ones that was sort of on the sidelines a little bit. And you know, here they come with a big announcement with Meditech, um, uh, another company which was sort of not heard from for a little bit there. So I, I'm excited to see actually what this collaboration and partnership will um, will yield in the coming year. Um, and the well, other I think one, what's interesting yeah. about that real quick, Colin, mm-hmm. is that Google and Meditech had a partnership from a hosting sure. perspective and a cloud perspective, right? And so, the, you know, that one makes sense. And they've had that for a couple of years, uh, you know, but it was interesting that Care, I think it's called Care Studio, Google, Google Studio, yeah. something like that. Uh, you know, applying that to Meditech is a change of mindset for a lot of organizations. And you know, I mean, I think I, I read something about Helen Waters talking about how, why should we be in the infrastructure business? And and she's right, right? They should be creating software that just works for the doctors, not worrying about how it's hosted and is it hosted in a redundant fashion that's secure, et cetera. Google's got experts to do that. So it makes a lot of sense for Meditech to get out of that business and get into the you know business of optimizing the software. The other announcement, John, that kind of piqued my interest, and in, and in, you know, uh, actually, I, I did I moderated the panel on this, so full disclosure on that was was SureScript's announcement um, where they had gotten together with the Health Leadership Council, uh, which includes ONC, to come up with a set of measures to measure our progress, uh, both at a sort of industry level as well as in an individual organization level, the progress towards interoperability. Hmm. Um, so we have, you know. We have some measures, we have some compliance metrics that, that people have to comply to, but there, you know, what this uh, group has tried to do now is to say, actually, what we're, we're trying to show to you is you can use these metrics to kind of gauge, are you really interoperable or not? Uh, and I thought that was fascinating because you know, that's really the first step to improving it, right? Is to understand where you currently are. And, and frankly, I was a little bit shocked that we don't have a standardized framework to measure this <laughs> up until now. But that announcement caught my eye because, of course, interoperability has been something we've been talking about for a long time now. And, you know, now we'll have some tooling uh, to actually gauge whether or not we're making any progress. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You like the interoperability announcements. And I think we've made some progress there. Uh, I have an article. I'll, I'll, I'll just tease it here. Uh, you can watch for the full article. I think the question is we don't understand the magnitude of the problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so watch for that article. But I had two announcements that I found really interesting in the interop space. Uh, one, and they were really around acquisitions. And so consensus acquiring Summit Healthcare was really interesting. I think, you know, Summit Healthcare had been doing millions and probably billions of transactions and in exchange of information and HL7, et cetera, for a long time. They've had, they've had, you know, uh, you know, been working on that problem and sending so many transactions and consensus has very different technology, but when you marry the two, I think it's going to be interesting to see the two come together and what can they do from an interoperability perspective for organizations. And then the other one was lineate acquiring Nextgate. Mm. So having an interoperability, 
you know, engine, multiple interop engines, quite frankly, lineate, you know, the the core point and Rhapsody technologies, uh, you know, that they haven't, I think they may even have some others, but you know, they, they, that plus the EMPI of Nextgate, which is uh, best in class. uh, I don't know if it's officially best in class or just one of the top EMPIs, uh, you know, out there having those two come together is really interesting. In fact, you know, I, I was talking with some of them and it's like, yeah, the story just makes sense to, you know, that's an easy story to weave and explain why Nextgate's EMPI together with Lineate's interoperability solutions are so powerful and why it makes sense to bring them together. So those were really interesting. Here's another one that I thought just a quick tickler was, uh, you know, Interlace Health announcing that they've moved to the cloud and are offering the SaaS services and all, all the forms that they'd been doing, all the workflow processes, the integrations with EHR vendors is now going to be on a new platform. Uh, I'm interested to see how that goes because uh, that's a real step up. I think they celebrated 30 years, which is crazy to think about doing that the work that they were doing originally as form fast you know for 30 years and you know being able to celebrate that it shows you how far health it's come in, in this whole time period you know 50 years for ehr some in some cases 30 years for form vendors that are tying into it that, that's a powerful message hey, if you're just tuning in you're listening to healthcare it today with john lynn and colin hung today we're discussing vive 2022 and hymns 2022 what went on at the conferences? What were the themes, and what did we think, John? I, you you missed sort of the biggest announcement, John. This was 2022 was the first time Healthcare IT Today had a booth. Oh, that, that, that was the big announcement. That was the big announcement that everyone, I mean, it was interesting to see people's reaction as they came by, right? Like, uh, you know, you'd be, I'd be sitting there and like, oh yeah, I read you guys. Oh, that, was, that was fun, you know, and it was fun just to have people come by and, you know, I mean, back to being in person, we've been kind of spoiled because you and I have have been able to go to hymns last year. We went to Chime, we went to Health, went to MGMA. So we've been to a few conferences, right? But for a lot of people that were at the event, it was their first time back. And so they were still having that first taste of freedom. Is that, is that the right way to describe it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. Actually, that was going to be my, my question to you, John. Like the reactions of people uh, that I saw you know, it was truly joy. Like it mm-hmm. was, and it didn't matter if you were a competitor or not. Right? <laughs> it was just, it was just like, oh, like, hey, like you're, you're, you're the person behind that email, or you're the person on the Zoom call. And one of the most amazing things that I saw at, at both conferences this year was just the fact that that happened within the booth. That wasn't just <laughs> between people who like were meeting new customers or meeting, you know, pros- uh, 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 partners. This was like, oh, like I've been working for you for two years and I've never met you in person. Right. And they were they were hugging, they were shaking hands and just going, Oh, you're the person on the other side of the Zoom every every day that I talk. And so just that that energy was amazing to see. And the reaction of people just people had smiles on their faces and and just being able to see people smile because we didn't have masks on because of the because of the mandate was was lifted and and we were all vaccinated. So you know, it was, that was really, really amazing to see. Yeah. You're right about that with companies. It was amazing how many of them were like, 
I've worked with these five people and I haven't met them until now. I had one incident where someone was like, Hey, I need to meet so-and-so from my company. I, I have never met him in person. I was like, Oh, do you want me to introduce them? <laughs> Cause I knew who they were, but they'd never met him, which was like super fascinating that, you know, an outside entity knew him, but they didn't, of course they kind of knew him because they've been working on zoom. So there, there was that feeling, right? There was that feeling of, yeah, we're finally together. Although there was a, a slight trepidation and there were some that were slightly uncomfortable, you know, not having the mask. And there's definitely a, a curve that goes there. Right. And, you know, I think we had to be careful and thoughtful. And there were a lot of outdoor uh, events that, you know, were planned accordingly. And the weather worked out all but one day at Hims, And, you know, I, I think I only got rained on one time and smashed uh, in Miami at Vive. But, uh, you know, for the most part, people were trying to be very calm conscious about you know not having the buffet this certain way you know that it was served to you and that it was outdoors so there was the good ventilation and you know the companies like r0 were in the registration area at hymns and the networking areas helping to protect things as well so you know it seems like we'll knock on wood we'll see what the fallout is but i haven't heard of any major incidents happening yeah i know i think and and i think from a purely from a health it standpoint I think people um, were reacting very positively to being in a place where news and things were happening, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the other reaction I saw people have was, wow, like I'm now starting to see like, oh, I'm not the only one suffering with staffing issues. That was one sort of validation. Mm-hmm. But second of all, just being able to hear and go, oh, like, yeah, Tefka still still a thing. People are talking about it, right? <laughs> Info blocking is still a thing. People are still talking about that. There's a couple of sessions that are dealing with this thing over here about cybersecurity. And so for some, I think it was validating, right? To say, you know, I don't just live in my own bubble and only dealing with my own clients. Like this is something that's happening in the industry and I'm helping to move it forward. So there, I got that sense as well from talking to some people that they felt just really uh, reconnected to the industry yeah. and that larger ecosystem that we're all part of. Yeah. And they also comment on something that I think we forget how important this is because, you know, the education sessions are great. The keynotes are great. The parties are fun, but you know, I had one person say, yeah, you know why this is so valuable for me in the last day and a half, I've met with 20 vendors all in one place. Now you, could you do that on zoom? Yeah. 30 minutes here and there. Right. But you know, 30 minutes on Zoom is not equal to 30 minutes in person, right? And these are often, in many cases, working sessions, working on the problems that people have that those vendors can actually address. And so being able to meet with the dozens of vendors, if you're prospecting for a new solution, or if you, you know, every organization I know has hundreds of vendors. And so you need to meet with them and say, hey, you're falling short in delivering this, or hey, we need you to start integrating with this because we're working on a new project. And so having those discussions Discussions and be able to do them in a concentrated time frame where you're not being pulled away to some other fire is something that I think we underestimate. No, oh, I totally agree. So I have to ask you this one, John. How are Vive and Hymns different and how will it play out in the long term? I mean, I bet you a lot of people have probably asked you that while we were on site. Yeah, that's everyone's question. You know, I may, uh, you know, go to the hitmic.com, click on the conference link and come to the our Hitmic Healthcare Marketing Conference. We'll talk about it in depth. But no, I mean my short my short form, you know, and my thought on it, right? I think some people are declaring death of different conferences or or the end of it. I think it's premature to say anything even similar the especially when you felt the energy at both events. I think both events were executed well. You know, I've had a bit more production value, which we would expect from health 
question is, are the CIOs going to want that production value? I mean, that's an open question. I think that's worthy of consideration. You know, HIMS executed really well. I think they may have had a few challenges on the vaccination side registration piece, which is, is abnormal for HIMS because they execute conferences so well, but they're probably suffering from the great resignation as much as anyone else. So maybe that contributed. I don't, I don't know. But here's how I see it playing out. I think Vive is going to become the CIO conference, of course, with Chime behind it. And the CIOs are going to largely go to Vive and HIMS is going to be for everyone else. And so I think that's how we're going to see it play out. And sure, there will be some overlap, right? A few CISOs will go to Vive and a few CIOs will come to HIMS and they may rotate and some stuff. I did hear a lot from both, though, that said, why are you doing it in the same month? And they were almost offended by the fact that, you know, it was scheduled so closely. And so, you know, there was definitely a call from, and these are from provider organizations, not just vendor vendors can deal with it if they need to. Right. But the event, the provider organization said you need to do it in a different month. And they were really upset. And I think there could be some fallout from them doing it so closely. In fact, there was some didn't go because of it. So I think that that's how I see it playing out. Yeah. I think, you know, there's definitely a different feel to both conferences. I mean, one certainly has a longer history than the other. There's no doubt about that. And so there's momentum behind hymns, um, you know, and and certainly size is a big factor as well, right? Just a number of vendors at hymns, a number of people at hymns was was still larger. Yeah, we had three that- times as much traffic to our hymns announcements as we did to Vive. So, right. exactly. you know, but there's an established brand and established knowledge. So there, there's a lot there. Yeah. So, you know, credit to Vive, right? It's the first time they ran the conference. It was the first time doing it. It was very successful. I felt very t- taken care of. And I think that was the the vibe, excuse the pun, that they were going after, right? It was just, it felt to me more like being at a user conference. Um, Hymns, the venerable uh, old old school conference, it's still going strong, right? It had so much of the energy and the people there. I mean, if you had any dealings with if, if a, with an ecosystem of partners, you had to go to Hymns because they were all there, right? Yep. And and that wasn't the case with Vive yet. Or it's not the case yet with Vive. I agree with you, John. I think um, over time, the audiences will be differentiated. I think there's a lot of overlap right now. Um, to me, I think Hims is always going to be the place, or right now, or so the next few years, it's definitely going to be a place where deals get done hmm. because the VP of cybersecurity is going to go to Hims. The manager of clinical apps is going to be at Hims. Right? And that's the person who's going to push that deal over the finish line, right? The CIO, let's be honest, like, you know, they're not the ones making the day to day decisions in most cases. And yeah, so I think you, the exceptions consulting companies, a few a few sure. things like that, right? Which exactly. they've always thrived in the chime environment. Right. And so I think we're going to have that differentiation where you go, you know what? I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Vive because I need to. I need to be in front of the CIO, but that's not where I'm going to sign the deal. That's where I may be going to start one and start the relationship. But it's really at the hymns where I'm going to meet the rest of that person's team and like really get to know them and understand the problems and issues. So I do see the differentiation happening. I think even next year. I agree with you though, man, do these back to back. I really found that, that tiring. And I think a lot of the vendors were in the same spot. Like we're just like, man, being away two weeks or flying back and forth and then having to do this again, it was tough on a lot of people. So it sounds like you gave them the good news that they're both going to survive and you're probably going to have to do both in in a lot of cases. If you want the CIO and the other people, you're probably going to have to do both. I, you know, there were some security companies like we just need the security person. You know, so they're like, we don't need the CIO. So I think we'll see some of that fallout. Yeah. I think the big winner is going to be anybody who does booth logistics is basically the winners (laughs) of the fact that we have these two conferences so close. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. 
Oh, man. Hey, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find out more details about our show by checking out the program's page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the audience and the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hong with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lee. Thanks for listening and have a great week.